Hey friends, and welcome to part two of the Retro Game Guys podcast, Super Mario Brothers Super Celebration. I'm your host, Dustin, and still with me here are Zach, JP, and Alex. Thanks for joining us as we continue to celebrate our second podcast anniversary, and of course, 35 years of Super Mario Brothers on the NES. In part one of this episode, which I really hope you listened to as this would be an odd place to start, <laughs> we, we covered the history of Super Mario Brothers, including thoughts on the launch and legacy of Mario from Nintendo Game Master Howard Phillips. In this part two, you'll hear about what Super Mario Brothers meant to the group, to our listeners, and of course to Howard Phillips. We'll chat about it, what it was like playing Super Mario Brothers today, and we'll get to what many of our listeners have been waiting for and I've been dreading. The results of our hashtag Beat Retro Game Guys score competition. I know the passion for this game and I have a feeling some of us are getting beat today. Probably. Uh, yeah. Hmm. After the score competition, we'll stop by JP's Collector's Corner and announce our retro game giveaway. And if that wasn't enough, in a few days, we'll be wrapping our Season 2 and Super Mario Brothers Super Celebration with our complete interview with Howard Phillips, the face of Nintendo in America during the launch of the NES and Super Mario Brothers. All right, let's uh, kind of kick off this episode and talk about uh, memories of playing Super Mario Brothers back in the day. This is one all of us have lots to say about, I'm sure. So I'm going to ask you guys to try to keep it brief. So JP, why don't you kick us off here? What are some of your memories of Super Mario Brothers? Ass. <laughs> wow oh, i've never heard of this game um no i have i have a lot of memories of this game i've talked about it before but this was the game the first console game that i ever played as a kid that i have a memory of like a fond memory of playing this i was um at a it was at a family friend's house uh their son was a few years older than me he said oh hey you know i have this this game do you want to try it out super mario brothers i'm just like Sure, games, whatever sounds good to me. And you know, he showed me the the two pack Super Mario Brothers and Duck Hunt, and you know, crack. that just started that. Yeah, crack that relationship <laughs> started that way, and it's never ended. Yeah, there you go. Um, I'll go next and say uh, Super Mario Brothers is interesting because I'm definitely not. You know, hashtag, I'm the hashtag Genesis household one from the seventy eight hundred, as we've referenced in episode <laughs> one, part one of this uh, episode. Um, but. For me, still, Super Mario Brothers was so ubiquitous. It was everywhere. My friends all had it. I mean, totally. this game, you could not escape this game. Um, so I definitely played it a lot. Uh, my strongest memories of playing it would be my uh, my neighbor friend, uh, Jason, his house. His his parents had a had the, the Super Mario Brothers Duck Hunt combo, and we would play that and uh, just kind of... I don't remember ever like doing really well on this game. It was one of those games that we just played the first few levels over and over and over again. Um, and uh, but it, it, no matter what, as we talked about in part one, this the music is seared in your brain, and and like it, it just you know it was part of my childhood, even though I wasn't a Nintendo household. So, yeah. What about uh, what about you, Alex? What about your memories of Super Mario Brothers back in the day? This is a Nintendo household. I had the uh, deluxe uh, set, I think, right, right? with the uh, with the the robot that you could mm -hmm. throw away wow. after you realized it didn't do anything. <laughs> um, with Gyromite, I remember. Oh my god, I was so pumped about Gyromite, and then I got it and I set it up, and I realized how much of a crappy game it was, and I was so <laughs> so disappointed. But my uh, console also came with Duck Hunt and Super Mario Brothers, and Super Mario Brothers was just one of those games where it's like. It's um, you're always playing it. It's always on. Uh, you always get through the first uh, few worlds. And for me personally, I just was never um, 
uh, I didn't learn all the tips and tricks. And so I didn't learn some of the things, uh, uh, how to get some, uh, one ups and whatnot. So I never really got past, I think world, uh, four one, but man, it was always one of these games where, uh, if your friend was over and you were spending the night back when you had sleepovers, um, you just pass the controller back and forth or rarely would you get to see the, uh, the, uh, two player and you'd see, uh, Luigi. Cause a lot of times I was always playing it by myself, but if I had a friend over, then you'd be able to play Luigi. So um, that was always fun for me to do. But yeah, I was just, you know, growing up in the eighties, man. What can I tell you? Right. Hashtag exactly. gaming alone. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow. Gaming alone. <laughs> All right, Zach, round us out here. Your uh, memories of playing Super Mario Brothers back yeah. in the day. I think I talked about in the individual Q and A episodes mm-hmm. when I mm-hmm. first played Super Mario Brothers. I played it at a friend's house, and like it literally like. Drove me to tears when my dad came to pick me up because I was like, oh, "This is this game's so amazing!" And all I remember playing by that point was Atari Twenty Six Hundred. So this mm. was like a this was like playing the future. Right. But um, before um, this episode, I I tried to think about you know what um, Super Mario Brothers means to me. And uh, Alex, you hit it, man. Living in the eighties, Super Mario Brothers was just everywhere, and it was yeah. it was this was just a part of your everyday life. Like yeah. I got the action set in Christmas of 87. That was the, um, actually no, it was the control deck is what I got. It was just literally the Nintendo and it came with um, Super Mario Brothers. And I remember being so excited when I finally got it. And every day before school, I would get up early just to play, have some game, some dedicated game time. Like Dustin, like you talked about, I think it was episode two, when you you shared a single TV growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, that was like the only time that I could play and be in it, uh, not be interrupted was before school. So I had this memory of like my friend, like as we used to walk to school together, showing up and being like, dude, we have to go. Like we literally have to go. And I'd be on like eight, three or eight, four going like, no, I'm gonna, just one more try, one more try, one more try. And then mm-hmm. as you know, if you didn't beat the game, you'd have to reset it and start all over again. <laughs> and uh, but those are really fond memories. And then on the way home from school, I remember trying to get home quickly to make the Super Mario brothers super show the cartoon on tv that was on after school with like uh, captain lou albano and you know that live action cartoon mashup thing uh, which you can watch on netflix by the way now um and then had zelda on fridays so that was a big part of you know the 80s also was all the all the cartoons and all the other stuff that mario had going on so yeah just awesome memories of mario back in the day and this game is still holds up today is not gotten old and we'll definitely talk about that and uh, when we talk about our current playthrough yeah thanks guys uh so moving on to other memories of super mario brothers we got a lot of great responses from our listeners but i wanted to start with the game master what memories does howard phillips have of super mario brothers howard can you believe that we're celebrating 35 years of super mario brothers does it feel like it's been that long to you um, <laughs> actually, yes, but not. You think it does. I don't, it's not because I feel tired or anything, but it's it's like wow, you know, a lot. It, it just feels distant. But yeah. um, that said, it this um, it still feels very very close. I can remember you know playing the unfinished game and being rope doped by Arakawa, um, you know, in the warehouse, sitting in a corner of the warehouse playing the game, and 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 him not telling me that the game wasn't finished. <laughs> yeah, wow. I kept getting to the end, to the, um, uh, to the very end of the game, and I would drop the bridge, and then I'd sit there and I'd go, okay, now, or, or I'd, um, I'd drop uh, 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 King Koopa, and I'd sit there and go, okay, now how do I, 
what do I do? And the bridge didn't come out. I didn't know where was the bridge. So I'd sit there and, you know, time's running down and I'd have like, at first I had like two lives or three lives left and I didn't know what to do. So I'd try taking a running jump and then think, well, maybe if I jump exactly with my heel on the edge of the thing, I'll be able to make it all the way across the lava to the other side, you know, and try and then die. And then I'd, I'd play it again from the very beginning, play it again and, you know, save up all my lives. So now I'd have like six or eight lives. And then I'd sit there and I'd try everything I could think of to try and get across um, that gap. And then Mr. Arakawa came in, um, it literally just came, walked into the, to the um, shipping office and kind of stood behind me and said, so what do you think? And I said, man, this is frustrating. This is terrible. I can't be, I've been to the end of the game. I had five lives and I had eight lives. And, you know, and I put my heel on the edge of the thing and jumped and I'm telling him all this stuff. I said, but I can't, I can't figure it out. What am I doing wrong? And he said, hmm. And then he walked out. And <laughs> I played, I, I must have played it like for hours for the next day and a half. And then finally he told me, he says, oh, the game is not finished. Ha ha. <laughs> oh man that's frustrating they, they should have known that the game master would get to the end of the game they should have known <laughs> no but, but an awesome awesome uh, game to play you know back then playing a, a platformer that had so much depth was just mm. incredible Mm-hmm. Uh, many of our listeners have shared, and we'll talk a lot about this when we have our upcoming Super Mario Brothers episode, but many of our listeners have shared experiences similar to mine, which is coming from a system like the Atari 2600, turning on Super Mario Brothers for that first time, and then being presented with this world where you had all of these options and all of these choices. I could you know, play quick, I could play slow, I could, you know, I could climb things, run under things, swim, and it's just a unbelievable game for the time and it and it's of course kicked off this the series that's lived so well in, in uh, all these years but thinking forward about like how to get super mario to market did were you giving feedback to you know shigeru miyamoto like how, how involved were you in sort of bringing mario super mario brothers to market in the u.s yeah so my my interactions were were through um this is pre-internet. So I would, you know, write up notes on games, arcade games or on, um, on the games that the uh, Famicom games. And I would send it, I would give it to Mr. Oda, who was like the office kind of quasi controller guy, um, who'd come over from Nintendo Japan. And then he would write it up on a, on a blank piece of paper and, and translate it. And then he'd fax it over to, um, Nintendo Japan and Miyamoto would see it and others would see it, you know, Yokoi and, and Weimura and Takeda, et cetera. And then rather than, it wasn't a dialogue so much as I would, um, I would uh, enunciate um, issues or challenges or problems. And then also maybe occasionally an opportunity here or there or something. And I thought it would be cool if, but I was uh, rather than, rather than you know, co-designing or anything like that, I was, I was working really hard to analyze what was there. And if there was things that were, that I was struggling with that I didn't think I should be struggling with or that, that uh, the designer and Miyamoto didn't want me to be struggling with, then, then I you know, try and be really clear on what specifically I thought was causing that, et cetera. What a life this guy had. Can you believe <laughs> yeah. it? Oh, right. hey, here's a prototype of Super Mario Brothers. You know, you get to give feedback to these legendary 
you know, programmers, you get to be a part of shaping this amazing history. I mean, it's just, I'm listening to this going like this, like all the names he's dropping and all the, like, it's just, it's my, I'm not impressed by that. I'm impressed by him getting trolled by Arakawa. Oh, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Game's not finished. <laughs> ha -ha. <laughs> you, you ever see that the show, um, called Takashi's castle. It's, mm -hmm. uh, it was like mm -hmm. a yeah, Japanese. Well, um, Spike had the like they had the Americanized version of it, right? Dubbed over, yeah, yeah, dubbed over, which was really funny. Just even yeah, American, like obstacle but. course, like that's what it is. It's like oh no, let the kid play this for another uh, day and a half and like <laughs> beat his head against a brick wall <laughs> and then tell oh hey by the way it's not finished yet you'll yeah. never so be able to up. beat the game. <laughs> that's vicious, bro. I think what's really interesting about it too is like he talked about earlier of these guys weren't who they are as we know them today, but back yeah. then they were just a couple mm -hmm. guys working on these yeah. things. So mm -hmm. he's literally one guy playing a game saying, you know what? I don't like this. I don't like that. And maybe they might enjoy this um, criticism or whatever. So I'll pass it along to them. And it was just some other guys building a game and sure. trying to make it better. So Nintendo know? at the time though was pretty big in Japan, weren't they? I mean, yeah. Well, well, I so, mean, relatively speaking, in the I mean, arcade, yeah, the yeah. arcade, but not in the console market yeah. so yeah. much. Exactly, and then, like he said earlier, I mean, the, the relatively speaking, both companies were small. I mean, that everyone was just trying to make something happen. This wasn't like today, where you know, there's a, there's a huge, you know, billions of dollars in, of, of industry. I mean, this is a like a fledgling company trying to get something rolling, and this could have gone to nothing, right? None of these yeah. guys could have been yeah. superstars like they are today had they not had those moments of brilliance like they did. Yep. And he's just a he's he's a warehouse manager. He's he's just in the corner of the warehouse playing this video game, you know, just plugging away just like anyone else would. Yeah, yeah. crazy marking his notes. Well, oh, he, it'd be cool if it did this, and be cool if it did that, and he, and they yeah. translate it and send it directly to Japan yeah. for the higher ups to see. It's just like wow, dude, this guy. It's crazy. Yeah, it's absolutely yeah. crazy. But he, absolutely. you know, he played a important role. Um, because he was uh, young enough to like talk to the fans and relate to the fans and, and to be a, a, a young player himself. Um, but he was also mature enough to, you know, especially in later years when he was a spokesperson to talk to the parents, you know, to talk to the industry, to give interviews. And so he was mm -hmm. kind of like the, and he, and he could of course talk to the programmers and give feedback. So he was kind of the, the, the man on the street yeah. and yeah. yet he was also the glue that, you know, brought it and, all together. Yep. And there's more about that in our interview when That's we right. release that. So, well, let's uh, move on here to uh, memories from our audience. We did something a little bit different this time. We sent a request out from our at Retro Game Guys account on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, asking our followers to share their Super Mario Brothers memories in an audio message. We got some really great responses. So let's hear from our listeners. What were your memories of Super Mario Brothers from back in the day? Let's kick things off here with friend of the podcast, the Golden God himself, oh, amen. Don Van Dam. Hey guys, Golden God, Don Van Dam, checking in with the Retro Game Guys podcast. And as they say, business is about to pick up. I just want to say congrats to two seasons of Retro Game Guys. It's been a pretty amazing ride. Uh, it seems like it was just yesterday that uh, I, I had met Zach at the San Jose Toy Show and he had sold me his copy of Shadowrun and told me about how him and his buddies had started a podcast. I think they're only like one or two episodes in, so it tells you how far they've come along in two years. Um, that was also the beginning of the Golden God versus Zack kind of saga and, you know, legend that's that's been foretold for generations now. Um, as far as my fondest memory of Super Mario Brothers, it, it goes back to when I first got my Nintendo. I was probably about four years old, and my dad had brought this 
seemingly monolithic box in and I had no idea what it was because I was just, I was so, you know, I was four years old, had no idea what games were. I think I might play the Atari once, um, but I had played Mario and I didn't know what, what it was, what I was doing, but I just know it was amazingly fun. And 30 years later, you know, we're still playing Mario and it's still fresh and new. It still plays well. So that kind of tells you how amazing that game was and how influential it was on, on everything. I don't think a lot of us would be here if it wasn't for playing Super Mario Brothers on Nintendo. Um, I could go on and on, but I don't want to take time from the guys. So you'll be seeing me around. Good luck with everything. Uh, look forward to more seeing more, more episodes. Stay safe and stay golden. <laughs> Good stuff. Oh, Don Van Dam, my frenemy. How I long to be locked in battle with you once again, sir. <laughs> just because of the hair. You're just jealous of the hair. <laughs> Yeah, there you go. All right, guys. Next, let's hear from Brian, a.k.a. the Retro Game Bro. Hey, guys. It's Brian, the Retro Game Bro from Blow My Cartridge Podcast. And my fondest memory of playing Super Mario Brothers was when my brother and I figured out how to glitch through the wall on level 1-2 uh, into the warp zone. And we would always try to do the moonwalk through the wall. I don't know if you guys ever figured that out or ever did that, but it was our thing that we always did. We'd always try to see who could do it better and uh, into different walls and stuff like that. And then we would uh, warp to level four. All right. It was a good memory. Y'all have a good one and keep up the good work. All right. Thanks, Brian. Uh, fun. Looks like we got a message from uh, Sega Master Tim. Oh. Hello, gentlemen. Thank you for having me on again. All right, so my first experience with Super Mario Brothers was a year after I got my Master System. So my younger brother got it for Christmas the following year. And he got three games. So obviously Super Mario. Um, he got WrestleMania and RC Pro-Am. Now, when I first played Super Mario Brothers, um, now... My first impressions, and this is not speaking as somebody who was working for Sega at the time and wasn't aware of any console war at the time either, because I was living in country Australia, so uh, rural Australia, so I wouldn't have known about these things. But my first impressions were actually disappointment, because comparing that to the Master System, the colours looked terrible. They looked washed out. The other thing as well is that a lot of systems back then were trying to port arcade games um, into the household. So, you know, kids would go out and buy games if they saw it in the arcades. This wasn't the case with Super Mario because nobody knew of Super Mario being in the arcades at all. Um, so it was mainly a, a case of a disconnection. I could not connect with this game. I was like, oh, yeah, you jump, you've throw things and you break things and that's it so my impressions my first impressions weren't really positive nowadays it's completely changed it is the classic platformer um easy to pick up um you know what to do you just got to go in one general direction and jump over and break things and it gets harder and harder as the as the levels go by so um yeah, I, I if somebody was to ask me what would be the first game I should play in in retro gaming for a for a console, I will always recommend Super Mario Brothers because it's just so easy to pick up, and I see people having fun with it, so you can't deny it. <laughs> okay, so I hope you like that view. It's a very alternate view um, from what you may hear, but yeah, they were my first impressions. Um, 
Not good, but they got better in the years to come. Awesome. Thanks, Tim. That's so good. Next up, Bear or at the Retro Bear Den sends in his memories. Hi, this is Bear from the Retro Bear Den. Uh, my fondest memory of playing Super Mario Brothers, uh, other than, you know, playing it for the first time, was probably beating it for the first time. Uh, I was probably seven or eight years old, and, you know, it was a huge accomplishment in my life. Uh, beating this game uh, it was the first video game I can remember ever beating um, it's such a classic and I still play it to this day um, so yeah that's my favorite uh, memory of this game uh, thanks for letting me be on the show and uh, I love the podcast guys keep it up alright thanks Bear super cool uh, now uh, how about a message from at Retro Gaming Rock Hi everybody, this is Retro Gaming Rock from Norway and my fondest memory of playing Super Mario Brothers, besides finishing the game when I was a kid was playing with my cousin for the first time and she was pressing the A button and make, trying to make Mario jump but not only with the button, it was with her whole body like she was jumping every time Mario had to jump like jump Mario, jump Mario, jump Mario and suddenly the controller plug came out from the console and hit one of, I think it was my brother, in the head or something like that. It was hilarious. Everyone was laughing. And of course she died. And we still remember that every time we meet with the, with the family. <laughs> That's nice. so good. I love it. That's a fantastic memory. Norway. Thanks. Uh, <laughs> people in heads with cords. Uh, thanks, Retro Gaming Rock. Um, our next listener is Jacob, or at jcast6502. Hey, Retro Game Guys and special guest, which I assume to be Sean Connery. This is JCast6502, and my fondest memory of playing Super Mario Brothers is when my older brother and I would use the Game Genie to create new codes and meticulously note the results and tweak them further based on a short guide that we found in the original Game Genie manual. Beside that specific memory, Super Mario Brothers was one of the earliest games I recall playing, and that has led to a lifelong hobby and enjoyment of all things video games. And now I've even passed the bug on to my 8-year-old son who absolutely loves Luigi, especially since his favorite color is green. Is that what I sound like? <laughs> yes, that's what you sound like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's hard out to himself. It's hard to hear yourself uh, the first time you record something like that. All right. Next up, uh, memory from at Basic Gamer Bob. Hi, this is Bob, and my fondest memory of playing Super Mario Brothers is Christmas Day 1987. I still remember that feeling the first time I booted up the game. It looked and sounded just like the arcade machine at Pizza Hut, but instead of getting one quarter to play or sometimes none, I could play as much as I wanted. It was totally magical. To this day, hearing the theme song on Startup still takes me back. Congrats to all the retro game guys on two great seasons. Looking forward to many more. Oh, thank you, Bob. Appreciate that. All right, just a couple more uh, memories here. Derek, or at Hailstorm1985, left us this message. This is Derek Hailstorm, and my favorite Super Mario Brothers memory was playing with my dad when I was a little kid, and him calling the Fire Flowers his spits. He would say things like, Oh no, I just lost my spits. Or, hang on, I need to get these spits over here. I've called him that ever since. That's my favorite Super Mario Brothers memory. 
Spits, huh? I like it. Nice. And, you know, it's so funny. He sent that uh, recording as a Twitter video, and he's wearing a Spider-Man mask while he's uh, <laughs> nice. just randomly. Why not? Why not? Why not? Right. All right. Uh, uh, message from listener Larry or at LJ White 28. Here's his memories. Hey, Retro Game Guys. This is Larry White, and my fondest memory of playing Super Mario Brothers is all the schoolyard rumors, true or false, that came out of the game. Uh, the minus world, fireballs when you're small, the shark boss at the end of the water levels, jumping over the flagpole. I mean, that was the stuff we talked about in the schoolyard. That stuff we tried when we got home. Some of it was true, some of it wasn't. But it's one of my favorite things about Super Mario Brothers. Love the show, guys. Keep it up. Well, thank you, Larry. That awesome. was very kind of you. Nice. And finally, let's hear from Terrence M. Hi, this is Terrence Melvin. And my fondest memory of playing Super Mario Brothers is rage quitting in world eight and also release the demo <laughs> <laughs> oh no we're getting more converts to alex's religion over here release the demo that's right <laughs> do it awesome Great. thank you all for sending those memories in those are super fun to listen to yeah that was uh, fun that was super yeah fun. yeah, yeah. <laughs> all right now let's talk about the playthrough the retro game guys here did over the past couple of weeks I'm going to ask you guys your thoughts about specific aspects of Super Mario Brothers so we can focus a bit more on what makes the game unique and memorable. Let's start with the look and feel. What did you think about the game's look and how was the play control? Let's start with Zach on this one. Cool. Well, the game to me looks great because that's what I remember as a kid. Alex, in a, I think it was the Alex Kid episode, you said that the game colors look kind of drab. Yeah. Today, in comparison, yeah, in comparison. In comparison, yeah. today, if you look at it, you pick it apart. Yeah, you could, you probably could, you know, say that yeah. it does. But I mean, this game to me still looks great, still feels great. I, I got to say, it's kind of nearly perfect to me. Mm, yeah. Um, Alex, what are your thoughts? On the look and feel? On the look and feel, yeah. Yeah, the um, yeah, the look and feel is uh, good. Like I said, comparing it to Alex Kidd obviously is probably an unfair uh, comparison a little bit because um, uh I don't know what was going on with the developers or whatnot at the time, but Super Mario Bros. I remember it being more vibrant, but now playing it as an adult, it looks a little bit washed out compared to some of those other games that we've played so far. But, um, you know, it works. Yeah. It works. The, yeah. It, the feel felt fine. I mean, I know you don't like platformers, but uh, I, I, I still got the, a little tingle every time I almost didn't make a jump, right? Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. the 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 mechanics still works great. Um, yeah. Everything worked the way it's supposed to, and you know you just can't get past it. This is a solid game, and yeah. uh, still looks great. And uh, I'm not gonna, I can't, I can't fault the the geniuses who came up with this. This is a, it's perfect. Yeah, I'm with you guys on the look. I think it is a little bit washed out. Um, I but you, I kind of, I noticed it right away, booting it up. But uh, after a little while, it, you don't notice it. It, it doesn't fades get away. in your face. Yeah. It fades away. Um, the I will say with the play control, it was a little bit hard for me to get used to. Obviously, I'm not a, a super big platformer. Um, but the it, he kind of feels a little loosey goosey at times. Yeah. It feels like he's kind of travels a little bit more than I would expect him to. But what I will say is, uh, uh, for some reason on this game, I was a, I was able to kind of get used to that and and i because i well, obviously i played it a lot and 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 i was able to kind of get used to his kind of w- wiggliness a little bit he's a little bit loose on the on the on the draw but uh 
but no, I think, I mean, there's, there's, uh, we can beat this to death. There's a million reasons why this game is, is the, one of the best games of all time. And I'm not, I'm not going to say anything terribly bad. It is consistent and it works really well throughout the whole game. Um, how about you, JP? Look, feel, uh, play control. Oh, no, I, I agree with everything you guys said. I mean, definitely, you know, that Alex made that point about that feeling you get when you're getting close to falling off the edge, that puckering feeling. <laughs> I definitely know that one all too well. Right. But, um, yeah, no, I, I thought it looked great, played great. I mean, this is one of those games, again, it's it's hard. You can't compare it to the other games that we've reviewed and other games that have been out there because everybody still plays this game at least once a year, especially on the Switch now that you can play it whenever you want. But, like, you'll pick it up from time to time. I mean, you can find so many places to play this game. So you'll pick it up and just be like, oh, yeah, this is – it's like, you know, a warm blanket, you know, like you just mm – -hmm. you know it. It feels good and you want to play it. Yeah. I think uh, to go back on that one point real quick that, you know, you find out real quickly there there's, we've talked about games in the past on our podcast that you don't know really where the end of the, the, um, the line is where the end where you will fall off is it's hard to tell it's kind of nebulous this game you find out quickly like if, as long as i have a foot on there i'm going to be able to stay on the platform or the pipe so you you find out quickly that that you know it gives you that kind of uh, breadth to be able to do that and the times that you land next to a uh, on a pipe where the plants coming up as you're landing and you live are so exhilarating <laughs> like totally, i'm yeah. on here and he didn't kill me so yeah uh, there's, there's so much little fun things here there's a you guys touched on it when you said you know the, the, the tingle or the pucker as you said jb yeah. but there you guys are right there's a lot of excitement in this game when you think about feel yeah. like in that mm. first level alone getting the mushroom seeing your character grow up you know right. get, get bigger stepping on a goomba satisfying see him just splat you know, when you use the knocking the, star, the turtles, knocking the turtles, kicking them, see, getting the star for the first time and plowing through a bunch of enemies in a row, sliding down a flagpole. I mean, there's a going down a pipe for the first time. There's a lot of these like exciting just moments. Yeah. And even in that first level, it's just it's really it's yeah, it's it's gratifying. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Let's talk about how challenging Super Mario Brothers is. Would you say the challenge is easy, medium, hard or extreme and why? Alex, let's start with you on this one. Sure. So to pick up uh, where Zach just left off, I think I, I, I spoke with you earlier in the week, Zach, and, and went on to this tangent really quick. But I'm going to go ahead and put it out there. The first level, World 1-1 of Super Mario Brothers, is probably the most perfectly designed video game. Mm. Just this world. If it was, If you went to a new civilization, they've never played video games before, <laughs> and you handed them just World 1-1, that's mm -hmm. it. Nothing else. No boss level. No nothing else. It's a perfect video game in and of itself. That one world. I mean, it follows every type of thing now that we think of as gamification. It has all the game mechanics. It has your obviously a score, but it also has a timer. It has um, everything you need to do in the rest of the game. You learn in that first world. It's not mm -hmm. overly complicated. You get your um, within. I think the first five seconds or maybe seven seconds of the game, you can get your first power up. So you get an achievement right away. Mm -hmm. You um, also can go to an underneath world where you start collecting all these coins. So now you're aware of like bonus levels. Uh, you get your, uh, your uh, spits, you get your fire, <laughs> your <laughs> fireballs uh, and you also get a, an invincible star. So, I mean, you cross off every single thing. And at the end of the uh, level, you have a skill challenge where you jump onto a flagpole um, and then you finish the level. It's it's in itself 
that one world is probably the most perfectly designed video game ever. Yeah. Period. So overall, what do you think? And I think that I think it's easy. I think it I think it's it's perfect. It's easy as it needs to be, but challenging when it needs to be as well. I know that sounds a little confusing, but <laughs> um there's a reason you spend hours on the, these platforms. There's a reason why you get the pucker because it is simple, but it's deceptively simple. And the game does throw things your way where it's timing or it's, you have to come up with a new technique to get something, or you have to do a backward slide into an invisible wall to get to some minus world. This game has everything. And so I think uh, uh, for anyone to say this game's too hard, it might be, but, the game has so much going for it. If you just learn one or two tips and tricks and get that the Nintendo Power Strategy Guide, <laughs> uh, you'll be able to beat the game. And yeah. so it's a perfect game, man. JP, what are your thoughts? The challenge, easy, medium, hard, uh, extreme, or why? Uh, you know, I was thinking about that, and I think um, it definitely, like what Alex said, is, is definitely true. I, but I also kind of see it as it starts out very easy, and then it just kind of curves upwards the further you get along. And I just have two words, Hammer Brothers. That yeah. anyone knows that pain, you know exactly <laughs> yeah. what I'm talking yep. about. Yeah. But yeah, the, it gets harder. And then, of course, when you get the uh, the levels where Bullet Bill just starts appearing out of nowhere, and you're just like, oh, great. Now I got to be careful where I jump. And mm-hmm. a lot more pucker moments tend to happen the further you get down, and you're like jumping in the air and all of a sudden there's a bullet bill and you're trying to avoid them and then you drop to your death yeah absolutely uh, all right zach your take yeah you know what's crazy you said uh, bullet bill and, and hammer brothers i'm pretty sure that the first time that you encounter those two enemies there's a, a star nearby so going back to design right it's like the, the game gives you a chance to beat those enemies easy the first time so that you have a chance to know how they work what they throw what their timing is. I mean, it's again, it's all about these lessons. You know, um, I agree with you, Alex, on the one, one being like the perfect uh, tutorial, you know, for how to play super Mario brothers. I also love how, um, you talked about secrets in the first level. There's a hidden one up in the first level also, right. which, which someone will yeah. get delighted and go, Whoa, what was that? Oh my God. You know, I forgot it was there. I was just looked at yeah. the first map, the first world one went, I forgot it was there. I just, uh, I couldn't yeah, believe they it. give you everything. And then I love the yeah. fact that, my favorite design element in that first level is there's a little hill like three quarters of the way through the level and, and with like a little pit, right? But the pit isn't a death pit. It's just like, you know, you fall down into the ground, have to climb back up. And then you immediately after you see the same exact uh, challenge, the same exact little hill, but that one has a pit. So it's like the first time through they say, okay, here's we teach you how to get over that. And there's no penalty. And the second time now here's the penalty. Yeah. So it just eases you in. Again, it's just another example of how brilliant that first level is. Yeah. Overall yeah. challenge, I'm going to say that the game is moderate. I think it is easy. You know, you can get pretty far. If, even on the harder spots, you just want to keep trying it over and over to get a little bit further. But JP, to your point about the Hammer Brothers, levels 8-1 through 8-4, that last bit, that last stretch of the game is very challenging. And there's a yeah. couple of places where you have to know that little trick about how to run over like gaps to make yeah. crazy long jumps. The timer is unforgiving. There's like a bunch of hammer brothers in a row. And there's that last hammer brother. If you guys beat the game, there's this hammer brother that is right before the last Bowser. If you don't have a fireball, you have to try to run under his hammers and jump and run under him. And then immediately jump over a fire gap now, with like that the fire I killed guy. Killed him twice, hit. twice in a row. Yeah. So it, without that, it is them. so difficult. no. I was I was small Mario. Oh, I, you I, ran under him easy? No, I bounced on his head. I killed him. 
you got on his head then, twice. oh man that's yeah twice awesome yeah and i'll just wrap up here to say uh, with you guys i won't even say easy or medium or hard i think it's just a fair game it it it, mm-hmm. it gives you the it gives you as you alex says it gives you the hook um it gets you in um, it lets you skip through parts of it with, you know, one of my favorite things from, from like gauntlet and things it lets, Hey man, if you just want to get further in the game, here's some doors to, to do that. That's right. Um, yeah. and then, you know, yeah. it does start punishing you towards the end. And so, you know, you can put a lot of time into this game and, and get pretty far, uh, on a pretty basic skill. And then you gotta, you gotta muscle down. So I think it's just, it's, it's not the hardest game we've ever played, but I, I just, overall, it's mostly that it's just, it's fair. I, you can, you can Absolutely. get into it. Cool. So let's talk about what you guys like most about super Mario brothers. Uh, JP, let's start with you on this one. Um, for me, it's probably just the memories it brings back. Honestly, I can't think that's not so much talking about the game, but just talking about what it brings back and the feelings mm-hmm. I get when I play the game and how like I'm, you know, going to start showing my son and my daughter this game and, and you know, what they're going to think about it. Of course, the modern games are completely different level and most kids are coming up on that now. So looking at these old games ago, it's like, OK, old man, you know, go back to your games. Have fun. <laughs> yeah. Zach, what do you like most about Super Mario Brothers? I love the fact that you can play Super Mario Brothers your way, mm-hmm. you know, however you want to play. So I'm mm-hmm. used to playing it with the warps. I'm used to trying to speed run it, you know, my own way. Um, but for this competition, I played it in, you know, without warps every single level. And it's, it was so much fun. You know, I forgot about the world three that takes place at night. I forgot about those snow levels. Yeah. And, you know, to see that challenge arc a little bit slower over more time. And it's like, it's so great. You can, again, you could play a long 30 minute session, every level you can warp around, you could do a speed run. You could try it without getting coins. You could try it, you know, without getting power ups, without getting hit. I mean, there's so many different ways to play this. You just play it however you want to play it. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that goes kind of to what I like most about it, which is it rewards exploration, right? Mm -hmm. It rewards you, uh, poking around. You can, you get things, you get more coins, you get warps, you get things by doing things that you wouldn't necessarily think are part of the design of the level. I wouldn't necessarily think those were at first. I'm not even sure that they're pipes, right? Like they're just green blocks in the way. And you quickly learn with the flowers coming up. Okay. These are things. And you go, you can go down some of them and the warps, right? You're there. Like, that's you going above the game level. You're on top of the game. So yeah. I just love that it, it, it rewards you poking around. It's fantastic. Um, Alex, what do you like most? Um, what do I like most? I like um, the fact that when I was playing it recently today, um, I was still getting a pucker factor. Yeah. I'm, I'm what? I'm like 44. I'm 44 years, 43 at years least, old. At least. And, um, <laughs> In Earth, I'm a grown, I'm a grown, <laughs> I'm a grown man, but here I am, you know, getting a pucker factor, trying to in World Four, whatever, trying to get onto some mushroom, and uh, worried that I'm not going to make that jump, and just like I had to catch myself. I'm like, calm down, like this is a video game. Mm-hmm. Let's not get ahead of yourselves, and and that, but I was still getting that um, that sense of urgency. I was still getting that excitement from the game, and this is a 35 year old game, man. Yeah. Well, let's flip. Let's flip to the other side of this and talk about what do we like the least about Super Mario Brothers. Zach, start with you on this one. I, I really had to think <laughs> on this <laughs> one because this game is, like I said, it's nearly perfect. Um, the only thing I could think of was you can't go backwards. 
you know yeah you get that one up and they go back in the pipe you can't um and right you can change that in some later mario games but there are some times where i'm like oh man i really wish i could go backwards just a little bit but i'm i'm really kind of nitpicking at this point yeah um i have nitpicks too like other than the we've talked about the I, i'm not a hundred percent fan of how washed out some of the colors are one of my nitpicks is and maybe it's a good break but in between the levels you walk out of the castle you walk into a pipe and then and then you walk <laughs> to the next level like what what like it, to me every time I, i'm like why Just is because, this happening? man because it's enjoyable i it's guess good to walk i don't understand why this is happening like I, it just <laughs> it just feels like extra like they could have done something with that space giving you a bonus or something you can get there yeah. or something it just feels like kind of a wasted part of the game but that's the gosh is that a nitpick yeah. um <laughs> jp what are you uh what are your thoughts something you like the least hammer brothers <laughs> <laughs> i think that's enough said right yeah <laughs> you know what talks about the Hammer brothers to jp is do you ever done it where you you break like the ones where they're above you and you break a block that they would normally stand mm-hmm. on and they'll just keep jumping up and then falling right back down in front of you. Like they get into this loop where they're like, I'm just here to murder you and you're not going to get past me. I tell you, I know. I, the first time I saw one, I remember as a kid, I was just like, oh, who are these guys? And then all of a sudden they just, pew, 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 pew. And I'm just like, oh, great. What's this? And when I finally caught up and I saw two, I was just like, I'm done. I quit. This this sucks. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right. Uh, Alex, round us out here. Uh, something you like the least. Um, also something I like the most, the pucker factor. Yeah, I hate, I hate that feeling, but it's like a it's good. Like why, it's why you watch horror movies, right? Yeah, it's like, like a good dread. It's like, oh, I hate this level. It's like, oh, right. it's just a, oh, it's not a good feeling. But it's you know part of the reason why you play the game. Um, exactly. I didn't even think about the backwards thing. That's a good one. Um, the water levels. I mean, uh, with love the music, hate I, the levels. Thank you for reminding. Right, Look, good reminder. I hate those squids so much. When I played through, when I played through this game, I had to turn it on mute because the music would get me so pumped and maybe so worried sometimes that it would affect my gameplay. Mm-hmm. So when you play it on mute, you play it a little bit better, um, mm. or at least I, I agree did. with that. I totally yeah. agree with that because the music is too good. He quiet. Listen, uh, the was it Kondo? Koji did a good yeah. job. He did a good job. Um, too good because it gets you pumped up and takes <laughs> yeah. you out of your, your head space. Well, especially if you get down to the last minute and the music goes, oh, and it speeds yeah. up. And you're like, go, 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 go. Well, yeah. And the time, the time goes faster. The time doesn't stay the same. The time starts mm-hmm. going, ticks off the clock faster. Right. Which is another, you know, genius move. But um, I wish that, uh, unlike Alex Kidd, I played this straight through and there was one water level that I had to go through too. And counting the lot counting the ending as well. Um, I think I wish there was a little bit more of a water level, a little bit more of a cloud level too, not just like no thanks on the water stuck. level. No, thank yeah. you. <laughs> well, I think they could have been a little bit more creative as all well on the water sure. levels. Sure. But uh, I mean, like you said, Zach, nitpicking at this point. No. Yeah. All right. Uh, what is your best Super Mario Brothers tip or tactic? I'll start off here and say for me, the 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 tip I was talking to Zach about this the other night. Go up, always go up. Pretty much for most of the game, the best things you're going to be able to do are high are high in the level. And so as far as as far up in the level you can get, whatever is highest platform you go, go that way. If you have two, if you have a choice of two paths, up, down, or three paths, go keep going high because there's the bonuses are up there, the warp levels are up there. And until you get to seven four, like that's that gets you to the to the most part through the most part of the game the easiest to me. So uh, that's my tip or tactic. Go high. Um, Alex, you got one for us here? 
Sure, and probably Zach could help me out with this. What is it? What, where's the uh, the shell one up? Is that in uh, World Three? Three one one. Yeah, three one. Yeah. So on on one of those um, stairs, you could catch a uh, the second green turtle and uh, flip him upside down, and you could obviously everyone knows this trick, but you just jump up and down on him while he's uh, wedged between you and the um, the stairs, and you 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 know collect points, and then you start collecting one ups. And um, as a kid, I never got that trick i was just was never patient enough to learn that trick it took me playing this this go around about 15 or 20 tries to um get it to work for me um because i would die and uh too many times and i would just never get down so it was frustrating me for a while but um once i got down and i collected you know however many guys i got like 30 guys um uh that's the biggest it it, then after that the game was enjoyable it was fantastic Mm. interesting Mm-hmm. JP, tip or tactic? Um, honestly, I don't really have any. I mean, I just always played this game just for the fun of it and everything. I never really had any kind of like, oh, if I do this, if I do that. I mean, I think it was just mainly uh, like Zach talked about when you you had to start to learn to run that you could run over empty platforms. You know, there was empty spot of ledge, empty spot ledge, and you could run across that. Mm-hmm. When you start to learn that you can do that, that was really cool. But you know, n- not too much more than that that I can think of. All right. And on the opposite side, Zach, give us one or two tips, one or <laughs> not two a tips. thousand. <laughs> yeah, no, no kidding. Um, my, actually, mine's pretty simple today. It's just hit everything. I think mm. people underestimate um, how rare coins are and it, how hard it is to get a lot of lives without like using an exploit like 3-1. Yeah. And that that was what shocked me in my playthrough. I was like, I coming back from Alex kid and some other games, I was like, Oh, I'm going to have 30 or 40 lives pretty soon. No big deal. And then I, I lost on like six, two or something. And I'm like, my God, I've had like three lives forever because it, it coins are kind of rare. Right. And so if you play too fast and you miss those, those blocks that contain coins, you hit with your head over and over, or you don't get the, the vine that brings you up into the clouds that lets you get a bunch of coins up there. You're going to find yourself with very few lives and a couple of dumb mistakes and your game's over. So yeah, I just hit everything until you realize where all those secret coins are because coins are kind of the key to survival in this game. Absolutely. Okay. Well, before we get to our scores and our listener stores, I have to ask because we always do. Would you play Super Mario Brothers again? <laughs> uh zach is why is even bother? This time? why even bother yes of course jp no thank you i'm good <laughs> oh wow alex yeah absolutely. Uh, absolutely even even the hashtag genesis household hell yes this game's awesome i don't know i i have to ask it, it would feel weird if i didn't but it feels weird that i did anyway all right yes this is one of the best video games of all time we're going to be playing it again it's going to continuing to stick in my play tom on my deathbed i know that for a fact right exactly yeah all right now it's time for our super mario brothers score competition all right this competition was open to all listeners and the rules were simple and in fact i think in a couple places maybe too simple play super mario brothers on the nes until you get a game over or save the princess then post your best score using the hashtag beat retro game guys so let's start by running through the honorable mentions uh, we've got Brian, the Retro Game Bro, or at WiseGuys23, Primetime Larry, or at LJWhite28, at Echoplex42247, and at JR Underdown. Uh, these guys all posted six-digit scores and did a great job getting deep into the game. 
I want to give a special shout out here to at JR Underdown who tweeted, I know I didn't win, but as long as I hashtag beat Dustin, I'll feel good. Wow. <sighs> Thanks, man. <laughs> I want to know if he There's hashtag beat Dustin. Yeah. There's some it. shade there. We'll get to that in a minute. All right. <laughs> now for our top listener scores, we're going to do a top five of scores that are mostly exploit free and that were uh, obtainable scores for most of us. Well, except for me. Uh, then we've got another score that's just so out of this world. We're putting it in its own special category. Oh. So in fifth place, Derek or at Hailstorm 1985, who sent in a score of 394,200. Derek said that he died on 6-4, but with a much improved score from what he had posted before. Fourth place goes to Stephen Kleckner, who we interviewed at last year's in California Extreme Show. He checks in with a score of 464,400 points. Stephen said, first run, I skipped the warps because I ain't no punk. Flex. Uh, Flex. But I totally screwed up the 3-1 turtle shell trick and scrubbed out on 6-3. Oh. <laughs> um, in third place, Jacob or at Jcas6502 with a score of 513,950. He said, this isn't good enough for winning, but hopefully I bested some of the guys. I need to practice more for future episodes. Uh, second place goes to Retro Gaming Rocks with a score of 724,050 points. Hmm. He lamented, lamented that I could have used the 3-1 three up, three one, one up trick to come up and score, but oh well. Mm-hmm. Play, playing it straight hey. good man wow. playing, playing it straight at 724,000 wow. no and our deal. top obtainable score it's at basic gamer bob with a score of 822,850 wow he went Dang. further than our rules even as he explained in our in his tweet he says i used the twin galaxy rules first quest no glitches no turtle tricks five deaths max I wow. think I could clear 1 million, but I'd have to practice a bunch more. This is fun. <laughs> Jesus. Con- well, congrats, Bob. That is a great score, especially following the, score. the Twin Galaxies. For those of our listeners who don't know, that's the that's the kind of the official, uh, the, the place that you keep official scores uh, and, and records. And so he's following like the official record score, yeah. scorekeeping and got 822. So fantastic. Wow. We should start doing that. Following the Twin Galaxies rules, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I know. Well, I think we we did. Let, it was a little loose, right, Dustin? A this little one, loose, yeah. and, and and here we go. Uh, what a little loose will get you. Uh, the highest score in our competition competition was submitted once again by Blake or Sore Thumb Collector. Uh, he kind of went the opposite way from Bob and leaned heavy into the exploits. The point that he nice. said, "I don't ever want to play level three one again." <laughs> Uh, but hey, we never explicitly said you couldn't use the exploits, so his top score holds. His Blake's final score was ten million three hundred ninety thousand three hundred and fifty <laughs> points. Frick? That's insane. Yeah. Are you ten million? Do we have proof of this? We have, uh, yeah, we got picks. Oh yeah. my god! He showed us his nine 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 hundred ninety nine million or, or sorry nine million score. Yeah, and, uh-huh. then, and then the kind of add on. Yeah, yeah, it like rolls Jeez, over. Louise. <laughs> Are you kidding me? <laughs> I am heck? not. Isn't that Sword crazy? Thumb living up to his name, bro. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Especially on 3-1. Wow. Craziness. Um Good for him. I now it's time to see our 10 million point uh, scores here, guys. <laughs> this is a big moment. Will we be able to come out on top or some of our listeners be able to say, I beat retro game guys? Yes, right. The, yes. The answer to that question is yes. Mm. So Alex. <laughs> Let's talk about your playthrough and your final score. Sure. So I played this game 15 times, like uh, more than 15 times. 
And the first time I wanted to, I did my research and I looked online. I looked at the tips and tricks because I don't have an old school strategy manual like Zach does. And I had never beaten this game before. So um, I, yeah. So this is my first time beating Super Mario Brothers. And uh, the first time I did, I used uh, the warp uh, tube tricks. Uh, and that was very enjoyable. But then I played it again, and I wanted to, I wanted to nail down the 3-1 turtle trick because I had never been able to do it as a kid, and that was like my own personal challenge to me. So when I did that and I got all those game, uh, all those guys, um, I had much... Uh, it was probably the most enjoyable game experience I've ever had on Super Mario Bros. So I ended up beating the game straight through, and my score was uh, 657,500 points beating super mario brothers wow all right wow yeah. not bad all right uh that's yeah. that's a solid one that beats a lot of the scores you would be uh yep. you only got three guys ahead of you in in that score uh until no 10 million no 10 million all right <laughs> jp uh what was your experience playthrough and your score i uh, know i definitely had a lot of fun playing it i didn't get as much time with it as i would have liked but Still, um, I pretty much played through doing doing the warps and everything like that because I wanted to see I wanted to get a lot farther than I knew I probably could get if I went just from one to you know one to two to so on. So, um, I I did okay. I made it to uh, level five four with a score of one hundred thirty thousand three hundred. Okay. All right. Uh, I <laughs> I I uh, I did really well. Um, but well, I, right. let me let's, talk. Let's let me talk it. about. Let me talk about this. So the first time I flew up the threw the game on, I died on the first Goomba at two hundred points. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, this is so Dustin. This Bro, is we've so all been Dustin. there. We've Dude, all been right? that guy. Right? So I was like, mm-hmm. this is this is me. This is me all over. This is a great start. Um, what I did though is I went over to the Switch and I was like, I'm gonna play this game as far. I want to get. I want to experience this game as far as I can. So I'm gonna go on my Switch. And I'm going to play it with rewinds. I'm going to see where I want to just get as far through this because I've never sure. gotten super far into this game. So I played with rewinds um, on my rewind play. I got to eight three and I could not even with rewinds get through the damn hammer brothers. I gave really? up mm-hmm. um, and but I did. I had done warps and everything. So even getting that far was only uh, one hundred ninety eight thousand nine hundred. So that score was eh, it was fine. Did you um, find the uh, power-ups on A3 where the Hammer Brothers are jumping? There's there's hidden power-ups in each in each of those instances with the with the Hammer Brothers. I went back and that forth helps. with using the guide. So I had Howard's guide oh, and right. uh, and I went back and forth and I didn't use it all the time. I tried to use it. So with that playthrough, the the first time that I really used it was at 7-4. Uh I'm like, mm-hmm. what the heck is going on in this level? Yeah. I didn't realize it was a trap level. I had no idea. And that was, was the first time like that 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 what what what's nice about this game though is that's the first time i had to use the guide like that i had no idea what i was doing um everything to there i the guide was more like where can i find a special one-up where can i find some other things it wasn't so much about like oh god i have no idea how to beat this part and in fact um what i discovered was you don't if you do the warps you don't meet uh um king koopa until the end of warp uh, until five i was able and then on my real run through i was able to keep the fireballs um, so I was able to get far enough that I I was like, I have no idea how to beat this guy. But when you when you get dropped down to uh, the little Mario, there's a, a few moments of invincibility. Yeah. So I just purpose I just let him uh, knock me down and then got to the next got to the axe and, and dropped the bridge out from under him. And then in the beginning of six, it's pretty quick to get the uh, tall Mario and the fireballs back. 
So I was able to get right back to it. So on my real playthrough, that's what I did. That's exactly what happened. And I was actually able to get all the way to level 6-2 uh, and finish with a score of 131,100. All right. So for a second household, not bad. A, it's not bad. I, I, I went on that was by the way, that was a flash in the pan one time only play. Like <laughs> I I uh but it and it was because I learned what I did I uh from playing with the rewinds. I don't think if I had the switch and had the rewinds that I would have been able to uh, kind of start mastering some of these areas, mastering some of those jumps because I did them 15 times in a row in the rewind. And then when I went back, I was able to do it because I kind of knew the pattern. So the, well, yeah, I mean, the, cheating will do that to you. You know, it'll, oh, it'll let you oh, learning. You know? It's called learning. <laughs> this is the version of the version of play, you're play watching it your way, play it your way. No, no, yeah, but yeah. watching your friend play, right? Or you're well, having totally. your friend coach you through. Totally. This is what I was doing was I was coaching myself on how to do the things. Then I went back and did a straight playthrough, and I was able to accomplish way more than I ever thought well, I was going to be able. Let to. me ask you a question. So, so you don't like platforms now, yeah. having played Mar Super Mario Brothers. Uh, what are you? What's your take? I still hate jumping. There's yeah. a there's a level in the eights, I think, that you have to there's a jump that's almost impossible to do. Um you, you have to you have to like hit hit it's it's a speed run and then a jump and a and a double jump, mm -hmm. which I yeah. probably I rewound that one like 40 times to try to do it. Like off I, of a tube and then you have two you little know, yeah. well, you know what the key is to that one? There it's like a it's like a one little foothold and then you jump back back off right to like pits on the yeah. Other, yeah 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 i followed what was in the guide and i still was having trouble you don't run you actually just walk and yeah. you if you walk and jump your jump is perfectly distanced to jump on and off yeah. there but was one that run. i walked and there was a different one that was run i, I, I may be mixing yeah. them up yeah so but yeah i mean i i like this i like this because for the platforming stuff that that i suck at wasn't until like uh, world seven and world eight like it was it was easy before that so it's easy enough now let's get to zach mm -hmm. <laughs> what was your uh, playthrough and what was your score i had this it better be 11 million <laughs> <laughs> right well, i had this weird experience so we played alex kids so much last month that when i first started playing super mario brothers my first thought was like wow, there's actually less things to do in this game. Like there was a yeah. moment where I was like, wow, Alex Kidd did a couple of things right where there's a lot of variety. And then quickly realized that, well, Super Mario Brothers maybe may do a few less things, but it does it very, very, very well. It's and all excellent. It's also yeah. first, right? So it's easy for yeah. a game to copy this, whatever. Um, but no, so I did my first playthrough in 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 a little while was um, uh, no turtle tricks, none of that stuff. It was basically what Basic Gamer Bob did. Was a seven was it seven hundred ninety five thousand three hundred and fifty, um, and then played it a couple more times, and I got it up to uh, again without any exploits, no three one trick, none of that stuff. I got to one million forty eight thousand fifty points. So that's my legit score right there. Um, All right. I also have on YouTube if you're curious. I have a, a speed run on uh, uh, YouTube where I did a no damage run in eight minutes and 41 what? seconds with warps. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, end to end. Um, Yikes. But yeah, it's not a world record run, but like there's ones that are like, what, four minutes or something crazy what, like that? On, so, using yeah. warps though, right? Like that's how yeah. you do that? Okay. Yeah, mm -hmm. I mean, it's just basically Dang. running, sprinting the Through whole the game. game. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. There you go. So I didn't right. I didn't beat Sorathon Collector, but there's, you know, I guess there's some debate about, you know, exploits, no exploits, but we gotta we have to be honest here about the fact that we didn't 
say you couldn't use that kind of stuff. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thanks to everyone who submitted a score. It's a blast playing these games and chatting with you all at the same time. And congratulations go to Basic Gamer Bob and Sore Thumb Collector for submitting today's best scores. As a thank you, we'll be sending you each a $20 gift card for the gaming platform of your choice. And you can say, I beat retro game guys. Most of you guys can say that about some of us. (laughs) Yeah, and you beat Dustin. Yeah, you, you definitely Dustin. beat Dustin. He he uh, um, at JR Underdown definitely beat my score. I think he right. was somewhere in he the three hundred. Congrats, so he did. Hey, but I got a six-digit score. I was not expecting that. I was. I expecting think everyone starts out with six so. digits, don't they? All zeros. <laughs> oh, shush. Now it's time for Alex's favorite segment of the show, JP's Collector's Corner. So JP, yes. there's got to be some good stuff for Super Mario Brothers, right? Oh, you are not kidding, my friend. There is a <laughs> right. plethora. I think plethora is a good word of the day to use for this. <laughs> um, so there's things like an upcoming release for the first four figures of a 19-inch statue of Mario riding Yoshi that is available for pre-order for the low, low price of 500 big ones. Jeez. What? So, yeah. you know, clear out your penny banks, you know, 500 big ones there on that one. Was that so, like a vinyl statuette? Yeah. 19 <laughs> inches. Interesting. Yeah, that's uh, that's a little pricey. Uh, I mean, there's literally hundreds of action figures and other collectibles flying around at any time for hundreds yeah. or even thousands of dollars. I mean, think about it, back from the 80s up till now, how much stuff is out there. There's going to be stuff and someone's going to want to buy it for sure. Do they have a Funko Pop? <laughs> yeah, I think, yeah, yeah, sure, I think right? they sure. do have Funko Pops, yeah. yeah. I'm not surprised. There are probably plenty of those. Yeah. All right, well, let's get something just super crazy. If you're following game news closely, you may have seen it, but if not, this is a big one. So prepare yourself, Alex. Okay. <laughs> prepare for the pucker. I'm not, I'm not looking. <laughs> Go ahead. Uh, just a couple of weeks ago, there was a vintage video game auction that included a rare unopened copy of Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. So the box and wrap is in excellent condition. It got a 9.4 or A-plus rating to be exact. And it also has a hang tab cut into the box, which we talked about earlier, uh, which is a box variant that was made for only a few months. Uh, I'm willing to bet the cartridge inside has five screws on the back. (laughs) Not three. I was going to ask. It's got to have that five screws. You You know have the five screws. (laughs) Um, although uh, they don't call that out in the option, which uh, or the auction, I should say, which is, I think, a miss on their part. <laughs> mm. <laughs> uh, so what was that winning bid for this game? Alex, you ready? I'm ready. $114,000. Five <laughs> screws, man. It's hey, going to cost you, know, you. That five screws, that hang tab. I mean, you know, right. um, that's <laughs> a record for video game collecting. It's the highest yeah. price a game has ever gone for. Jeez. Wow. I mean, I love Super Mario Brothers as much as the next person and collecting, but to me, that's just nuts. And <laughs> I could spend 114000 on far better things, personally. <laughs> <laughs> and of course, a big, big thank you goes to listener John Yu and our buddy Don Van Dam for sharing news on this auction with Absolutely. us. We appreciate it, guys. All right. Thanks, guys. Now it's time for our monthly retro game giveaway. We've got an original copy of Super Mario Brothers from the depths of JP's Game Vault, flown in by a Koopa Paratroopa. This month's winner is Jacob, or at JCast6502. Zach, why did we pick Jacob? Well, Jacob, sorry, this isn't a sealed hang tab version (laughs) of (laughs) Super Mario Brothers, but it's a copy nonetheless. Uh, And we picked Jacob because he played in both of our hashtag Beat Retro Game Guys score competitions uh, for Life Force and, of course, Super Mario Brothers. And we've been having fun going in back and forth with him on Twitter. Uh, and fun fact about uh, Jacob is he's also a fellow Californian. It's our neighbor. Hey, all right. 
That's right. right. And as I recently discovered, he's an A's fan too. So you know he's good people. Let's go, go. Oakland. Dustin's really happy right now because baseball's back. I'm so pumped. (laughs) Uh, Opening day, Grand Slam game winner. Um, Yeah. Anyway, move on. Can we take just a really quick, uh, you know, uh, aside here for a second and and tell what happened to you the other night when when Oakland won and it was in the middle of the night and you're watching the game? You told me this story the other night. I thought it was hilarious. Yeah. So I'm a huge, huge baseball fan. I've got a six by six tattoo on my arm, uh, baseball on my kids, a huge A's fan, and I've been just so looking forward to the season coming back. So I'm sitting there late late at night. The game. Game goes extra innings. First extra, first game of season goes extras, uh, and uh, uh, Matt Olson on the team hits a grand slam to win the game in the bottom of the tenth. I it's a, like eleven fifteen at night, eleven thirty at night. I stand up from my st- uh, chair and start yelling, "Yes!" <laughs> and the barrier weather and everything. All my windows and are open. My sliding glass door is open. <laughs> I woke up all the neighborhood dogs. Everybody's barking, barking, barking. I've got. I didn't hear it from any neighbors, but like I woke the freaking neighborhood up. I was yelling oh. so much. I was so excited. Uh, it was sports it was is fantastic. Back. Uh, yeah, sports is back. Your neighbors yeah. are like, God, oh, doesn't got some action or something. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Well, That's with that it. said, uh, congrats, Jacob. You got yourself a copy of Super Mario Brothers in a case signed by the Retro Game Guy. There we go. All right. Well, I think it's time to wrap up season two and take a first peek into season three here. Zach, let our listeners know what they can expect next season. Well, we've definitely got some ideas going here, right, guys? We've been talking back and forth over text and stuff, kind of kicking around some stuff for season three. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm thinking about how we bring our brand of research and humor, you know, our wonderful humor, to even more <laughs> classic games and systems. So we're coming up on the 25th anniversaries of the Nintendo 64, the Sega Saturn, and of course, the first PlayStation. Oh, geez. So we're thinking that it's time, might be time to jump into some new systems, get into those as well. You know, the libraries. Yeah. Oh, the PlayStation, the CD era, all that stuff. There's Hold so on. much goodness. Hold on. Yes. I, oh, oh much, wait a minute. Hon, <laughs> how much did I have to spend to be part of this <laughs> podcast? I now own an NES Mini, a, a Super NES Mini, a Sega Mini. Do I have anything? I'm going to get the Turbo Graphics Mini now. <laughs> yeah, so really? uh, there's at least three more in there for you, yeah, buddy. Well, welcome to welcome to it, man. I'm gonna have hey. to start an OnlyFans or something because uh, we're under lockdown. This, I, you know, come on. Well, hey, you, you want to play? If you want to get to Goldeneye, you gotta have a 64, this man. This is true. You know, yeah, so we, guess we gotta true. get there. I but yeah, get I think the Road Rash on the PlayStation. Yeah, so, so you just opening it, and I want to get to Resident Evil on the PlayStation. I'm sure JP wants to get to something, but uh, yeah, JP, well, it's, we'll pick a game: 64, PlayStation, Saturn. What would be your number one? What would be your go-to? Oh, probably something on the 64, I would think. But, Thank you. Yes. Mario 64 has to come up with oh, some, yeah. come in here there at some point. The continued uh, well, so, anyway, so, so if we get 64, though, we also get Mario Kart. That's uh, right. Uh, See? Yeah. It, for oh, me, I mean, it'd be GoldenEye for sure. GoldenEye oh, yeah, for yeah. sure, but I mean, Mario Kart, that's a, that, if I had two games to pick for the 64 system, those are the two games. That's there it. Go. I'd there say Con- Conker's Bad Fur Day. If you remember that game, it was, it was like a more mature <laughs> game for the 64 crazy so anyway so we got we can open this up even more wider than we ever had before ever done before of course keep with the classics on the snes and nes and atari and all that kind of stuff but let's just widen it up but we want to know what our listeners think too so let us know Uh, out of the systems that were out 25 years ago or so what games should we be playing hit up our socials at retro game guys and let us know and uh yeah we're looking forward to that third season all right well a couple of last things before we finish let's give one more shout out to our high score winners 
Once again, Zach put up the best score from the Retro Game Guys with 1,048,050 points. All right. I'm just happy that the streak survived two seasons. There you go. There you go. And Alex put up a pretty dang good score. And I even came in third, which was a surprise. (laughs) Well, I would have got got that streak ended on on, uh, SimCity, but... uh... That was yeah. There was not to be. Close. That was the closest I ever got to yep. you, boy. Well, hey, check this uh, out. Now we go into these new systems in season three, and we're gonna be hitting up like you know, Goldeneye. This is true. And, Go- and I think Road Goldeneye Rush would be my best shot. Gauntlet. Some of these games that you know you guys are really good at and really passionate about. So yeah, uh, yeah yep, who knows? Yep. Absolutely. Uh, but let's could talk about the listeners again real quick. Basic Big Gamer Bob beat yes. almost all of us, and Sore Thumb Collector took us all down and won the day. So yes. congrats to those guys. They could really say they beat the retro game guys. Good job, guys. And don't forget, in a few days, we'll be dropping the full interview with Nintendo Game Master Howard Phillips. We've shared a few thoughts he had, but the interview has many more gems, including why his Game Master persona sported a bow tie and the game that he pushed for that didn't quite get the traction he hoped for. So check it out. Well, that's all the time we have for our Super Mario Brothers episode. We hope you enjoyed this podcast and it makes you want to duck into a pipe and grab some coins. Mm-hmm. For the retro game guys, Zach, Alex, and JP, I'm Dustin saying game on. Until next season, friends. The opinions and views expressed on the Retro Game Guys podcast represent the views of the speaker alone and are not the views of our employers.